Who's ready for Fourth of July weekend? Student athletes in Illinois have gained the right to profit from their name, image, and like more on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer, and this is Lee Enterprises. Long story short. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. Uh, before we get, begin, let's uh, tackle the elephant in the room, which was this weekend's torrential rain and flooding that has destroyed roads, caused major damage to um, Bloomington, Normal, and McLean County, probably in Central Illinois in general. I don't know. We've just gotten, it, in case you didn't know, it rained, and it rained like a lot. So we've got from a story that Kelsey and I did earlier this week. I think we found out that Bloomington, Normal area received around like 10 inches of rain. Um, and in Bloomington alone, I know that there were 30, at least 30 cave-ins in, in the roads. So it was bad, folks. We also got just, like, drowned. Like, Kelsey and I were out at dinner and we, we on Friday night, and we were just soaking wet. Like, we just got, like, stuck in a flash flood. And um, that was funny, but not fun for everyone else whose basements flood, cars got stuck in the water, people thought they could drive through the water, which you should never do, by the way, because it will flood your engine. Turn around, don't drown. <laughs> so... Um, We have full coverage of the flood from this weekend, Um, weather reports, that storm damage, McLean County has declared a local emergency, Um, all those stories and more at Panagraph.com. I think Mattoon was also hit pretty bad weather-wise, and maybe Decatur as well, but I I definitely know that that Mattoon had some major flooding as well, so all those stories can be found at our three websites. Um, Yeah, and with that, like, let's just jump into it. Uh, Kelsey's going to start us off with some new laws going into effect this month for Illinois. Alrighty, before we get into our local government news, let's break down some of the new laws going into effect uh, July 1st. That was yesterday. The Illinois General Assembly approved 665 bills this legislative session, much of which are awaiting J- Governor J.B. Pritzker's signature, but 42 have been signed into law. Though a handful will take effect on January 1 of next year, the majority began on Thursday. Our State House reporter Brendan Moore has the full scoop, so here's what our listeners need to know. Keep in mind, we're only going to go over a few, so if you want the full report, be sure to check out Brendan's story at any of our three sites, panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com. So first of all, Election Day is now a state holiday, and each county must now have at least one universal voting center. Counties must also allow people to be added to a permanent vote-by-mail list. Speaking of vote-by-mail, a separate law now allows vote-by-mail and curbside drop-off to be permanent features in future elections. Starting Thursday, all police are required to render aid to the injured and to intervene when a fellow officer is using excessive force. Officers are also instructed to limit use of force. Both of the both of these requirements are just a portion of the controversial police reform bill known as the Safety Act, in, which passed in January. It also offers stricter guidelines for the 
decertification of officers and allows people to file anonymous complaints of police misconduct. In other bills, vaccinated residents also now have the chance to win the vaccine lottery, which includes $7 million in cash prizes for vaccinated adults that range from $100,000 to $1 million. Plus, there are $3 million in scholarship awards for vaccinated youth. So don't worry about signing up because if you're vaccinated, you're automatically enrolled. And finally, two other quick laws we're going to touch on. Those are expanding rights for victims of crimes. Victims in personal injury and wrongful death cases are now allowed to collect interest from defendants from the time a lawsuit is filed. This law is aimed at incentivizing settlements. The second law provides that a victim's criminal history or felony status shall not automatic- automatically prevent compensation to that victim or the victim's family. It also extends the applicant's period for submitting requested information from 30 to 45 days, and, it pr- and provides that a final award shall not exceed $45,000 in increase from $27,000 for crimes committed on or after August 7th of 2022. Whew. Okay, Sierra, so let's get into some city government updates. What happened in Bloomington this week? Um, on Monday night, the Bloomington City Council officially repealed the city's local emergency declaration, which was first put into place 15 months ago amid growing concerns for the coronavirus cases. Uh, the ordinance passed on March 26th of last year has been renewed every 28 days since it was enacted and has been amended nine times, government reporter Tim Eggert reported this week. Repealing this um, emergency declaration is the first step as officials take measures to move into a post-pandemic world, which includes reopening city facilities and rolling back face covering requirements for those who are vaccinated. Uh, Ward 6 Alderman Jin Carrillo voted against the measure, which took effect Friday, which is today. Uh, With the repeal, several major policies are set to end, including prorating liquor license, video game gambling fees, ride sharing suspensions, and a pause on interest, fines, and penalties on unpaid food and beverage taxes, parking tickets, and ordinance violations. To view the full scope of what this measure means and for more information on the other items the council took action on Monday, find Tim's report at pantograph.com. Okay, uh so now we got some, like not great health news uh kelsey um take it away all right health officials in mclean county continue to raise concerns regarding the delta covid 19 variant which is rapidly spreading through central illinois health reporter lindsey jones wrote this week though fewer than 10 cases of the virus were reported in mclean county this week officials warned that the upcoming fourth of july holiday could jump cases as people begin traveling and gathering for celebrations The Delta variant, which we discussed last week, is highly contagious and is spreading across the U.S. It has recently been identified as the primary reason for an upsurge in new COVID-19 cases, and local health officials have begun recommending people, even those who were vaccinated, to return to wearing masks when indoors and in social gatherings where where distancing is not possible. For more COVID metrics and other details about the Delta variant, be sure to check out Jones's story at pantograph.com. We also have coronavirus updates across all of our three newsrooms, so for more local information, be sure to visit herald-review.com and jg-tc.com for stats and recommendations for your area. 
Uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health this week closed the COVID-19 testing site at the McLean County Fairgrounds as demand begins to slow. The site has offered walk-up and drive-through testing by Pekin-based Reditis Laboratories and will continue to run through July 31st before closing indefinitely. Testing remains available Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. The site has been averaging 60 people per day for testing, a sharp decline from the 1,300 people per day over the fall. It has been open since May of last year, and other COVID testing sites will continue at Chestnut Family Health Center, Walgreens, Walmart, Central Illinois Regional Airport. Uh, to read the full story and to find a testing site near you, find Lindsay Jones's report at Panagraph.com. All right, we're going to say goodbye to a prominent higher education um, leader and say hello to a new one. So Kelsey, tell me about Illinois State University's new president. So Illinois State University said goodbye to Dr. Larry Dietz this week as he retired Wednesday after seven years as president and 10 years with the university. Lenore Sabota and I spoke with Dr. Dietz in the days leading up to his retirement, and we have several stories at Panagraph.com looking back at his career, the accomplishments, the challenges, and everything in between. But hey, we're also looking to the future. Dr. Terry Goss Kinsey stepped onto campus Thursday as the first woman president ever to lead the 164-year-old university. Lenore caught up with Dr. Kinsey this week to see what she's looking forward to, what her priorities are for her first year at the helm, and what challenges she sees in her path. So be sure to check out that story at panagraph.com and look forward to hearing more from Dr. Kinsey this summer and into the fall semester very exciting. A group of union workers in the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees and Local 981 picketed outside the Eastern Illinois University Board of Trustees meeting this week, urging the board to enter a fair contract for its service workers. The workers, the union said, were responsible for cleaning and disinfecting the campus amid the coronavirus pandemic and deserve a fair pay increase. Several protesters said they are currently making a little more than the current minimum wage, which is often less than $33,000 a year before deductions. Uh, for more information on contract bargaining and the protests, as well as full meeting coverage, check out Athena Pyre's full report at gg-tc.com. Uh, big news for sports, uh, specifically college athletes. Kelsey's going to break down a yet another new bill going into effect this month. So Kelsey, take it away. College athletes in Illinois can now be legally compensated for their name, image, and likeness after Governor J.B. Pritzker signed Senate Bill 2338 this week. The bill, which is known as the Student Athlete Endorsement Rights Act, follows the national trend towards giving student athletes ownership of their name, image, and likeness, an issue athletes have been speaking up about for years. While Illinois and Nebraska joined the ranks of 12 states to pass laws allowing this, the NCAA has also adopted a policy to allow for students to profit. The NCAA instructed schools in states without NIL laws to create and publish their own policies to give clarity in the gray area and develop a plan to resolve any disputes that may arise from this. In signing the bill, Pritzker said this law puts Illinois at the forefront of this movement and gives, quote, yet another reason for student-athletes to choose Illinois. Under this legislation, players would not be paid directly, so it's not like a pay-for-play situation, but players can profit from their name, image, and likeness through product endorsements, signing autographs, having their names and faces appear in video games, and other things of that nature. State House reporter Brendan Moore broke down the legislation, and Hailden Review's University of Illinois reporter James Boyd hit this from the athletes and schools perspective, so if you'd like to read up more on this historic bill, be sure to find their stories across our three sites at herald-review.com, jg-tc.com, or panagraph.com. 
All right, let's move into some public safety and courts news. What's going on with Decatur Police, Sierra? Uh, The spouses of some Decatur police officers returned to speak before the Decatur City Council this week, calling for a higher staffing and more support for officers. Among the circumstances that drove them to stand up is the fact that Decatur police officers have been working without a union contract for more than 18 months. City officials and Decatur Police Benevolent and Protective Association, which is the labor union that represents more than 200 sworn and retired officers, are in continued negotiation over the terms of the new contract that would retroactively take effect January 1st of 2020. Casey Cohn, president of the union, confirmed the two sides are in the mediation phases and will meet with a federal mediator in an attempt to reach a resolution to the expired contract. Herald and Review reporter Britta Moore was at Monday's meeting and dove right into this contract issue, so to read more about the contract, check out his story at herald-review.com. Derek Chauvin was sentenced last Friday to 22 and a half years in prison in the murder of George Floyd last year. The 45-year-old former Minneapolis police officer was convicted in April of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in Floyd's death. As we've talked about on the pod several times, Chauvin, who is white, used his knee to pin Floyd, a 46-year-old unarmed black man, to the pavement for nine and a half minutes on May 25, 2020. A bystander recorded video of his death, sparking a wave of protests and national conversation regarding equity, police training, and officer recruitment. Per Minnesota law, only two-thirds of the 22 and a half year sentence is required to be served, meaning Chauvin, who was fired after Floyd's death, could be released from prison and paroled after about 15 years years. I spoke with the Bloomington Normal branch of the NAACP as well as a criminal justice professor at Illinois State University after the sentence was handed down. So if you'd like to hear from them and whether and especially whether or not they're seeing this as justice, be sure to find my story at panagraph.com. There and across our three sites, you can also read from national coverage of the issue with video from the sentencing hearing and speeches from some of the biggest names in civil rights leadership, including the Reverend Al Sharpton. This week, members of the Mattoon Fire Department honored a 21-year-old volunteer firefighter who died in a crash while responding to a call for service last Sunday. Um, Mehdi Morad, also known as Matt by his fellow firefighters, was a volunteer firefighter with the Wabash Fire Protection District, and he had just joined the fire department when he was heading out to his second call for service Sunday afternoon. While responding, Matt lost control of his vehicle due to severe weather conditions Sunday, rear-ending an SUV stopped on the right shoulder of I-57. He was taken to an area hospital where he died of his injuries. He was a student at Lakeland College studying automotive technology. There, he also worked part-time as an international student aide and as a student assistant to the Lakeland College Police Department. Rob Stroud spoke to several teachers and firefighters who knew Matt and his time spent at Lakeland College. To read more about his life, please visit jgheaventc.com for the full story. Okay, so now we've got some community news. Um, Before we begin and talk about our chosen topic of the evening, um, we have some big announcements. Um, Lenore Sabota, longtime Panagraph reporter um, covering education, hiking, outdoors, birds, (laughs) Um, everything and anything that you could possibly think of, public safety, you know, you name it, weather. She loves weather. Lenore Sabota is retiring. Today was her last day, and we just want to wish Lenore uh, good luck in her retirement. I don't believe this will be the last time that you will see her byline, as she may be continuing her famous Explore with Lenore column, uh, which 
takes you all around central Illinois to find the best spots for hiking, camping, bird watching, and everything else that you could possibly think of in the great outdoors. Um, we're going to miss her very much. I know, like, here, I've only been here for a year and a half, but Lenore and I have had several, you know, lunches together, always eating in the break room, especially when I first got here. Uh, we always ate in the break room together um, and talked about, she's told me so many stories about her time reporting, um, and she's just been like a treasure trove of information and support, and we're just, we're going to miss her very much. Yeah, I kind of consider Lador my education partner in crime, because since she has been covering higher education for such a long time, and I do K-12 education, we work together quite a bit, uh, I can always depend on her, so I'm definitely going to miss having her on my team um, when it comes to covering education in Central Illinois. And not only has she been a reporter, um, but she's, I believe she's been here nearly 40 years. Uh, she talks about they were just switching over from using typewriters when she got here. And she's been a copy editor and an editorial writer um, with the opinion section uh, before she was uh, a regular reporter. So she's definitely Hit, hit a little bit of everything and we're definitely going to miss her and if the community doesn't notice her absence I don't think they're paying attention because she's really done such good reporting for such a long time here in Bloomington Normal and uh, yeah we will miss her very much okay so no that's not a good transition all right uh so we're gonna talk about the 4th of July. It's 4th of July weekend. We're all so excited. Um, I know it's been like a really weird last week and a half with how many storms we've had here in McLean County and the surrounding areas, but I hope that we can all look forward to having a great and safe 4th of July weekend. Um, Bloomington reporter Tim Egger and I have written several stories in the last two weeks. Actually, just two. It's just been two stories, but it feels like a lot. We've got a lot of great information about fireworks, uh, where you can find the best spots in town. I know um, over at Mattoon and Decatur, our reporters have been covering where you need to be able to find the best spots in those areas as well. Uh, Tim and I wrote this week a story on firework safety. Um, so as like most fireworks in Illinois are like illegal, uh, the le- the quote unquote legal ones, so sparklers, snappers, um, glowing snakes, um, that kind of thing. The safe ones that don't like you know make an explosion up in the sky. Um, those are dangerous, guys. Uh, we have to be very safe, okay? So if you are planning on like shooting off fireworks or like doing anything with pyrotechnics this weekend just be safe you know make sure everything's um put out before you throw it in the trash for example we don't want your trash can setting on fire um be mindful of your neighbors and who else might be around you so you're not like you know causing a disturbance in your neighborhood or while people are trying to sleep we just want to make this fourth of july fun and relaxing for everyone as we're coming out of the pandemic and you know just get together and celebrate whether or not whether you're particularly fond of the fourth of july or if you just like watching fireworks so um check out any of our websites jg-tc.com herald-review.com pianograph.com and you know 
check out check it out we've got a nice story about fireworks um the company specifically doing the fireworks for bloomington normal it's really cool stuff but yeah um, i totally agree um looking forward to a safe but fun uh fourth of july i know it's been a long year and a half of um not being able to celebrate things like normal so i think it'll be good for communities to be able to come out and watch some fireworks and uh, just mark the one of the highlights of summer and uh i love july it's my it's one of my favorite months so i'm uh, i'm just excited that it's july now so yay independence day <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the fireworks myself. Um, I've always loved the 4th of July um, just because I love fireworks so much. I've always enjoyed going to like out to the park to watch the fireworks with my friends. Um, you know, barbecues, grilling out, that kind of thing. Everything that you would do like 4th of July weekend. Uh, I just really enjoy it. It just it feels like summer to me. Um, 4th of July really, I mean, June is summer, but like really after the 4th is when I feel like, okay, it's truly summer. So I'm hoping like the rain stops, we get some sunlight. Um, I'm, I want to swim. I would like to go swimming and, you know, just enjoy it. Um, enjoy summer, relax, and then get ready for the fall. And, and when we hit in the fall, that's my favorite season. So hopefully, uh, stay, stay safe. Uh, if you're planning on drinking, get an uber or uh, at least a designated driver if you're grilling out make sure your grill is away from your house um if you're shooting off fireworks make sure they're completely out before you throw them away or dispose of them also be sure to be courteous of your neighbors uh it, it's going to be hot out make sure you're staying hydrated drink waters in the shade make sure all your food is stay like temperature safe so don't let anything get too hot while you're out you know eating food and that sort of thing and let's have let's have some fun this weekend so that's going to do it for us today folks if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting check us out on apple podcasts spotify or google podcasts while you're at it head on over to panograph.com herald-review.com and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism